Welcome. Our studies in 1 Peter continue. I'm going to start by reading from 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 8. So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. But the honor is for you who believe. But for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to do. That's the reading of 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 8. Let me reopen our study in 1 Peter by reminding us this was written by an apostle of Jesus Christ, Peter. He wrote this to Christians in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, and they were suffering. A fiery trial was going on in their lives, and Peter wanted to provide from God just the instruction, the encouragement, and the imperatives they needed for their continued patient endurance of suffering, knowing not only would their suffering end, but beyond that, there would be the glory promised to all followers of Christ. We were busy last time looking at five things that can destroy every relationship we are in, including our relationship with God. Even though we may be suffering or undergoing various difficulties and stress, we must continue to use God's Word to build within us such discipline. We are not destroyed by malice, guile, hypocrisy, envy, and evil speaking. Now, not only must we be able to identify and remove from our hearts those five things, we must receive nourishment to sustain our lives with God and to keep us from these five and all other sins. Like a baby must receive nourishment, so we must receive the nourishment of the Word. Of course, that's why we are here with this study, to read and learn and receive nourishment from the Word. Let's look now at verses 4 and 5. As you come to him, a living stone 
rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Here is a passage that is richly rooted in Old Testament background. The language, the imagery here is best understood based on the Old Testament background. You have a building like a temple built on a stone, having stones in the structure, chosen by God, rejected by men. These things would have immediate meaning to those familiar with the Old Testament. So as it pertained to the Christians Peter wrote to, when a sinner comes to Christ through an obedient faith, notice in verse 4, as you come to him. Now, who are you coming to? The answer is a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious. Here is the matter at hand. Who are you dealing with? Who are you coming to? Peter wants suffering Christians to reflect on who Christ is and who they are because of Christ and their response to him. It is like Peter was saying, as followers of Christ, you're being rejected through persecution. But remember, though Christ was rejected, he was chosen and precious in the sight of God. The key part of this is Christ is the living stone, accepted by God, precious to God, though rejected by men. And there is a significant contrast here. Jesus is the living stone, and that is explained down in verse 7. We'll get to that. Christians are living stones, plural. So think of a building or structure and the foundation stone, the cornerstone chosen by God and precious is Jesus Christ. We, his followers, are parts of that building. We are the living stones. I, I think all of this in this passage is designed to signal to those suffering Christians the high value of their position, their cause, their relationship to God through Jesus Christ. Here's another way to see this. <clears throat> Why did Peter write to the suffering Christians in Asia Minor? He wanted them to understand who they were, and he wanted them to know as living stones in the house of God as objects of God's love and care, they were exactly where they needed to be. When you are suffering, when it seems your world is falling apart, the thing to do is not walk out of the house of God, but stay there. Understand how God regards you as one of his people. Focus on the great privilege of 
offering up spiritual sacrifices to God through Jesus Christ. When you come to Christ through baptism, you are coming to him as to a living stone. You become a part of a great building, the building of God. Stay there in that relationship, no matter the difficult circumstances you encounter on earth. Because in this house, as a member of this house, you hold hope and you are where you ought to be. Let each of us determine we will not give that up because of any pain and suffering that we go through here. Verse 6, For it stands in Scripture, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone, chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. I want to bring something up almost just in passing, but there is a definite importance in this point. The writers of the New Testament often quoted from the scriptures, the Old Testament. Think of that a moment, please. The writers of the New Testament often quoted from the scriptures, the Old Testament. Jesus quoted from the Old Testament, and he often issued rebukes to people in his audiences. He would say, have you not read? On the day of Pentecost, the apostle Peter quoted from David and Joel. Paul quoted from the Old Testament. We have already observed in 1 Peter a number of Old Testament allusions and concepts. So let's just make the observation. New Testament writers respected the Old Testament regarding it as inspired and authoritative, and they quoted from it freely, especially the element of messianic prophecy. Here in 1 Peter 2 and verse 6, a quotation from Isaiah 28, 16, where the prophet said, God would lay in Zion a stone, a cornerstone. Zion is a common Old Testament name for Jerusalem, the center of Jewish religious influence, 1 Kings 8 verse 1. Now, the first thing we may think of is Jerusalem was the place <clears throat> where the gospel of the kingdom was delivered on the day of Pentecost. The prophets specified Jerusalem. Before Jesus ascended back into heaven, he told his men to wait in Jerusalem, and we know the events of the day of Pentecost happened in Jerusalem, in Zion. The prophets sometimes use the word Zion not in reference to the physical place, but in reference to the spiritual Israel, divine government under the Messiah, the kingdom. In the prophecy of Isaiah 28, God promised to set up a future spiritual government. It would be like building a structure with Christ as the cornerstone. In spiritual Zion, God has laid a chief cornerstone, a sure 
foundation. Of course, Jesus fulfilled that prophecy. He is the chief cornerstone. Paul developed this same idea of Christ as the foundation, the chief cornerstone, in Ephesians 2, 20. In 1 Corinthians 3, 11, no other foundation can be laid than Christ, of whom all the Christian, on whom all Christians are built. Notice how God values the cornerstone. And this is shown by the words chosen and precious. Christ was the chosen one, <clears throat> therefore considered precious by the Father. Hence the cornerstone upon which God's permanent building is erected. Well, the person who believes and obeys Christ to become a part of this building shall not be confounded, will not be put to shame, will not be disappointed. The message from Peter to suffering Christians is obvious. Whatever you may suffer on earth, whatever hardship, persecution, or hostility you may experience for a little while, you will never suffer any disappointment or shame or have any reason for regret if you stay in God's house and are thus related to the cornerstone. Suffering is put into clear perspective by considering yourself a part of God's house, planned and prophesied, then fulfilled by Christ, the cornerstone. Now, the practical meaning is stressed by verse 7. So the honor is for you who believe. But for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The redemptive plan of God involving this spiritual house with this cornerstone, Peter says, this precious value is for you who believe. The benefit of what God built on Christ, this spiritual house, is enjoyed by believers. The believer who is part of what God built on Christ, the believer is a recipient of the value God planned for people responsive to Christ to have. God planned it before the world began. On the other hand, there are the disbelievers or unbelievers, persecutors, rejectors. Since the disbelievers reject the stone and build on some other foundation, they exclude themselves from the spiritual value in God's house. By their disbelief and disobedience, they stumble and fall. Verse 8 shows the stone God used to erect his house, being rejected by disbelievers, became their obstacle, their occasion to stumble, fall, and be lost. The Jewish leaders who took Jesus to the cross were annoyed and offended by him. His words, deeds, teachings, they were offended by all that. Because of their unbelief, they were destined to disobey the word. Because of their unbelief, they were destined 
to disobey the word. I'll be back in a few seconds for our takeaways. Takeaways. It is essential for us as followers of Christ to know who he is and then know who we are based on our allegiance to him. Now, I realize that sounds too obvious, but if this is true, even though it's obvious, it's worthy of our personal reflection. I think in my early life as a Christian, I knew Jesus loved me and died for me, but I didn't have much depth in my knowledge of him. Perhaps it is the same with you. I don't know. Whatever lack of depth we have about him or we had about him in our earliest days, we now have opportunity to know him better in the fullness of how the Bible describes him. There are all these images in the New Testament designed to convey to us how great he is. And I've often said there are three chapters that ought to help us understand the depth of who Christ is. John chapter 1, Colossians chapter 1, Hebrews chapter 1. Write those down and read them after this video. John 1, Colossians 1, Hebrews 1. Then there are vivid descriptions of who Jesus is all through the New Testament. The head of the church, the king over his kingdom, the perfect fulfillment of the law and the prophets, the Savior, the Messiah, the only begotten Son of God, the Good Shepherd. Here in this passage, the living stone, the cornerstone, the more we know about him, the better equipped we are to worship, to work, to endure suffering with hope while continuing our obedient response to him. Jesus said in John 15, 18 to 21, that just as he was rejected, his followers would be rejected. Paul said, it is a privilege to suffer on behalf of the cause of Christ. And here in this passage we've studied, verse 7 says, The honor is for you who believe. When we get to chapter 3, Peter will speak direct to this. And then in chapter 4, verse 16, Peter will say, If anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed but let him glorify God in that name. We are fortunate to not be objects of the kind of direct persecution early Christians had to put up with, but the biblical values we hold to, we ought to continue to hold to. And it, it may come a time when those values are under assault even more so than today. One more thing. Peter was writing to Christians in five different provinces, but they were united as members of the same building. Next time, 1 Peter 2, 9 through 12. These are brought to you by the Laurel Heights Church of Christ in McAllen, Texas. Thank you.